Why am I getting up that I shouldn't even care? The Vegas Golden Knights are my team. Andrew Brunette losing his mind, the Panthers coach Bruno, on a missed call. And I am loath to talk about officiating, especially this time of year. Blown penalty shot call in Dallas, missed hit to the head. Like, how do you miss things blading from the nose? How do you miss a hit to the head? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, it is. It's hour two of the RP Show coming to you from sunny South Florida. Game day down here in Sunrise. Panthers home to the Washington Capitals. And for you people watching in Western Canada, I know your eyes will be on the Calgary Flames. Nice work, guys. And the Dallas Stars. We're going to continue having a whole lot of fun as we welcome in the co-host and owner and CEO of the RP Show, Darren Moose DuPont. Um, What up, Moose? You know, just living the dream. Yeah. I know you loved yesterday's show so much because we got into the old-time farming, ranching stories and all the rest, the small-town stories. We may continue uh, into that here in an hour, too. I got a few things cooked up and ready to go. I just want to say from some of our viewers, James Henderson, haven't heard from him in a while. He just wrote in, good morning from Borden, Manitoba. I actually said good afternoon because it is afternoon out there and here. Regarding the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who should win the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year? The NHL announced the three candidates this morning. Michael Bunting, Moritz Sider, and Trevor Zegras. I said I'd vote for Zegras. Nick T VIP. That's his YouTube handle. He's watching. He says in the chat, people who aren't picking Mo Sider are crazy. He's the next coming of Lidstrom. Man can hit and put up points. Somebody wrote in here earlier about Tanner Janot that he had over 300 hits for the Predators and something like 26 goals or something like that. There's a lot of good rookies coming up in the National Hockey League, and I didn't watch, I don't think I watched Detroit play one game this year. I can't tell you anything about Mo Sider. Have you, how much have you watched him? Very little, very, very little. I may be seeing one game on a Saturday afternoon, right? It's just when the team is that far out of it and they're not in our market and they just weren't on the radar, right? I mean, what do you expect? We get, you're not going to watch every single team every day in the National Hockey League, but you heard a lot about those rookies, seen a lot of film in terms of highlights, but uh, never got to watch them play really much. Yeah, and by the way, I was somewhat joking with uh, Andrew Patterson last hour. I don't know if you were watching, but he said, ah, the Super Bowl is only for rich people. The draft's more fun. It's for the common man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. That's why I love the Super Bowl. I joke a little bit. I'm wearing a one-year-old Panthers playoff t-shirt because I got it on sale. I'm not rich, but you've been around me long enough now. Every day for three plus years, I'm cheap. So when I go to Super Bowl <laughs> and I want to dole out some money to go to a party with Chris Carter and Solomon Wilcots and uh, Michael Irvin, which I did, I'll pay the money. It's worth it. Right? But I don't go yeah, around very... throwing money around like crazy. Yeah, selecting when, you know, what, what you spend your money on. And he's giving you the gears because he went to the draft. But you went to the Super Bowl. It's just like, yeah, it's good. It's fun. Between the two of us, we got it all covered, right? Yeah, and I know that there will be a day that we're both at both shows. I will say this. It's been a long time since we Ricky ourselves, Rickied ourselves. But 
we should for a second and just say it was your vision to go to this. There's Ricky, our mascot. We haven't seen him for a long time. It's been a long time since we've been uh, talked about this. We went to the Stanley Cup Finals. That was your idea. Going to the Super Bowl was your idea. So I will say that you had the vision for this, and now Hustler's looking at us from Winnipeg going, they're doing it, why don't I? Now he's doing it. Yeah. Right? So it's pretty cool to, how does it feel to be a trailblazer, Moose? (laughs) I don't ever consider myself a trailblazer in that stuff, but I just enjoy it. You know, I think it's what we need to do. I want to connect with more people. Um, I just, I'm just doing what I think is the right thing for for us and, and our journey, and that's it. So there's that. This is the time of the show that I really enjoy. Full-on taco time, viewer takeover, whatever you folks would like to talk about, I'm here for. Of all the NHL awards that we've talked about this week, and that has been goalie of the year, what else did we talk? Defenseman of the year, and now this, the rookie of the year. This one's generated the most discussion, and I don't know if it's because one of the players is from Saskatchewan or not, or that could have been a, a finalist, Tanner Janot. I'm not sure. But the Calder uh, Trophy, actually, this is, this is what I wanted to bring up, has generated a lot of discussion. Mike's in there because he's a Leaf. And I'm thinking, there's the Eastern It I won't say pollutes, but it infects our federal elections. And I, I know for a fact it affects our voting for... Awards like in the Canadian Football League, because there's more votes there, there's more people there. Does this mean then that Austin Matthews will win the Hart Trophy as NHL MVP because there's more people voting for Austin Matthews now? What do you think? I, it's a good question. I don't know. I think, you know, it's easier to have the players in those bigger markets, especially Toronto, pop into your mind and become part of the conversation because of the population and because there's all that attention out east and you know when we start talking about the media snowball um we've seen that come up in in the nfl we saw it come up in the in the cfl draft right rick campbell when he selected nathan cherry talked about not buying into the media snowball one person talks about a player another talks about a player a third talks about a player then we start collectively thinking maybe that player should be the best player right we start talking about austin matthews every day we start thinking he should be in contention for the Hart Trophy, and our voting goes that way. So, yeah, media coverage has a lot to do with it, for sure. Uh, my cousin Christine has written in, and since she's, since she's watching, I'll throw in a story that she'll like here. She says, I so hope you see a great game tonight, Rod. What you wearing? I've already picked out my wardrobe. It's from Colin O'Brien's Man Shop. If you can believe, Wade Miller and I have the exact same suit. It's blueberry blue. I might add, slightly different sizes. It's a bright blue with a crisp white shirt. I'm going to look like one of the owners tonight in that press box. No tie, because I'm not on the air. I've already got it all lined up and ready to go. Thank you for asking. And I got a story for you. It's come up because of us talking about being rich and me joking that I'm rich. My dad and I, I would have been about nine or ten. And you heard me tell this story at the funeral, his funeral. But I, we were driving in a truck, Chevy Silverado. And I just looked at him. Dad's driving, of course. And I said, Dad, you wish you were rich. And my dad looked at me and goes, I am rich. 
And I looked around the truck. I'm like, how do you figure that, Dad? And he goes, I can walk into any rink in Saskatchewan and know somebody and be able to call them a friend. That makes me rich. How about that? I'm like, okay. Didn't really understand it at the time, but I get it now. Yeah. Because as we found all across the prairies, I can walk into any rink, actually all over North America, now that I think about it, that we could go and we'll know yeah. somebody and be able to call them a friend. And that was from James William Peterson. That's pretty good uh, advice right there, wouldn't you say? I'd say that's tremendous advice from your dad. Yeah. And we're seeing that all across North America now and how valuable that is and how cool it is to have... Uh, to be able to do that in different venues and different places. One more from Chris. She said, must be kind of weird walking into a rink in Florida. Not at all. And I can't wait, Moose, till you come down here and Lee from our staff and whomever else wants to come down here. You walk out of a very cold rink. It's very cold. You open the doors and it's, ah, it's like walking into a steam room. It's like somebody wrapped you with a hot, wet blanket. It's amazing. Because, you know, in the 90s and even the 80s, you weren't even born yet, but you probably saw the highlights of those games from Boston Garden where there were the, the humidity was so bad, the players had to skate around with towels and wave them, right, to get rid of the humidity and the steam in the room, in the rink. Yeah. We all remember Dallas in the 90s, so hot this time of year. And let's remember the Stars were one of the best teams in the NHL, so they were going late every spring. And they had to bring in those air conditioners and hook them onto the rink and blast AC into the rink to keep the, the ice yeah. good enough. Shoot, 2001 Memorial Cup in Regina, we brought in the NHL ice maker. I want to say his name was, it was Craig, Brian Craig, something like that. And we had yeah. to bring in those dehumidifiers and AC machines for the Memorial Cup in 2001. Somewhere along the line, and nobody talks about this anymore, they figured out the technology for building uh, temperature. And maybe it is as simple as dropping the temperature. I don't know. I'm not a rink technician. But I remember this, and you've heard me tell this story. Just within the last 5, 10 years, I would walk around the bowels of the Brant Center, the home of God's team, the Regina Pats, and it was darn cold on game night. You don't want to wear a park your own rink like you used to be comfortable on that rink back in the day. You could wear shorts. So I said to Phil, the Zamboni driver, I was walking by the Zamboni room, I said, Phil, can you turn up the heat in here? Jesus. And he goes, it's a hockey rink, not a shopping mall. I'm like, good point. And then, scooted up to the uh, press box and never brought it up again. But have you noticed that we don't, ever, we don't ever talk about ice conditions ever? The only guy was Brad Gushu in the World Curling Championships in Las Vegas this year, and I'll give them a pass because it's Vegas. What do they know about curling ice? But you don't hear about it anywhere in the NHL. And as, and as a matter of fact, you don't see the puck jumping. You don't, like, it's, it's a thing. They have figured out perfect ice across the National Hockey League. They have, <clears throat> and in all these buildings, small town rinks now have gotten so much better with the ice. The knowledge is so much greater. But I will thought was I was a kid, and you, you know, Milestone and Winyard and all the small towns in between, how cold the rinks were. And we'd get a chance to go to Yorkton, to the Gallagher Center. We'd go to Humboldt 
or, you know, very rare. I think it was one time we got a chance to go to Saskatoon and play in Sask Place. And we used to think, oh, it's so cool. I can walk around the rink without a jacket on. I don't have to be bundled right. up. And mom and dad could watch and be comfortable, not huddled around the one heater in the rink. But despite that, the building was comfortable. The ice was always so cool. And we thought that was like a mystical thing. Uh, Ryan H. on YouTube writes, and he says, I love hearing stories with your dad in them. It makes me remember my dad also. Always brings good times to mind. Well, let me tell you a couple more while we're sitting here telling stories. And it ha for those that don't know, have I mentioned that my dad worked 26 years for the Dallas Star? So he would go down to Dallas, and he would come back, and he would laugh. My dad and I spent a lot of time together, a lot of time. And he would go, you wouldn't believe, Rods. He was the only guy in the world that called me Rods. That was my name, Rods. These people, they have no idea about hockey. Like, no idea. He would go down, sit in the crowd, and just listen to people. Just like I do, now that I think about it. I do the exact same thing. But I do it in coffee shops and restaurants and gym locker room, whatever. So he would sit there and come back and go, These guys, you wouldn't believe the stuff they said. They're like, if the, I think if the puck hits the glass when they shoot it in from... Outside the blue, I think that's icing. He's like, <laughs> a bunch of idiots. You know, and like <laughs> all of that. And then I th everybody's talking about the girl behind the bench in Dallas, right? You saw her? Mm -hmm. Who didn't? How did you right? not? <laughs> You're right. Everybody's talking about the girl in Dallas behind Rick Bonus. We're all, you know. Can't wait for game six. And uh, my dad, he would say, oh, they got thousands of them down there like that. <laughs> I won't say too much more. But he'd say you can't shake a stick without hitting a six-foot blonde. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Thousands uh, of them down there, though, just like that, my dad would say. And it reminds me of uh, Glenn Gullitson was the coach of the Stars for a while. And uh, I can't remember where I ran into Gully. He's now the Orders assistant coach. But he said to me one time, he's like, I always liked hanging around with your dad. My dad didn't drink, just like I don't. And he goes, I always knew that I could always hang out with your dad. It would always be a good night. And I'd always get home early. And he said, your dad and I, whenever we got together, we would go for a steak because your dad loved beef. He loved good beef. I'm starting to realize I've become my dad. <laughs> for that's, a that's Alberta a good beef. thing yeah that's yeah, a good thing exactly uh we're gonna break uh darren in salt lake city says in vegas they know very little about any ice yeah i guess um when we come back the viewers asked about usfl texted in let's get the text line humming you're watching on Game Plus TV anywhere across North America live. All 10 provinces and 31 states. Text that number. I'm not joking. You can pick it up. You can text me sitting right here in this chair, and we'll answer your questions and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube live streaming, and if you missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
All right. Well, they're not going to be playing hockey there, but darn close. South Florida, game five tonight. Panthers. If that looked, Panthers Capitals, if that looks familiar, that is where the uh, Netflix series Bloodline was filmed. Actually, I think it was on a U.S. cable channel before Netflix, but look it up. Bloodline. It's fantastic. Great spot down there in the Florida Keys. By the way, Jeff, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, the largest selling comedy recording artist in history, a multiple Grammy Award nominee, and best-selling author of more than 26 books, brings his brand new The Good Old Days Tour to Calgary on May 28th to Great Eagle Event Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.ca, but you better hurry. They're running out. That's not too far away. Saturday, May 28th. Let's bring the moose in. Darren Moose DuPont. And uh, listen, I, I, I do want to talk about the Centennial Cup. My brother was texting me last night about um, Kale McCarr's little brothers coming in with Brooks. Uh, I'm somewhat s- shocked you would pull the car over and go into the rink in Brooks while driving back from Calgary. Like, good on you. That's something I would do. Did you really enjoy yourself doing that? Oh, I was literally <clears throat> wanting to stay. Like, the whole... And, and I mean... And, and it... Sure, it extended my night a little bit, but yeah, I, I did. I, I wanted to go in and check it out, and, and it was so much fun, and everybody was so hospitable and, and welcoming in the, in the arena, and man, the game was great. The crowd was great. I love it when there's a full rink, and I knew it was going to be, the, like, the town was dead driving through town. Everybody was at the rink that night. It was really cool. That's junior hockey. Mm-hmm. Why well, I love it so much, and it is, in a way, Tumble my guilty weeds. pleasure, and that's... Well, that's why I can't wait to get test of for the Centennial Cup. <laughs> they know it. I know it. You know it, Moose. The viewers know it. My God. I would have spent my entire life working in junior hockey, but it doesn't pay that well. It's like the CFL. Only a few guys are making all the money. And I can guarantee it ain't the broadcasters. So it's nice to uh, come in at your leisure, do things like the Centennial Cup. I got expensive taste, man. So, yeah, that's what's great about junior hockey. By the way, one more from Cousin Chris, who I will have you know was childhood neighbors of Murray Edwards, the owner of the Calgary Flames. Moose, when we were in Calgary, how many times did the name Murray Edwards come up? You tell me. How often? Daily. (laughs) Right? Every day. And here's the thing. When I say I got junior hockey coaches texting me, CFL, Coaches calling me like they did today. They know who the power brokers are. It's the owner. They don't get it. Don Cherry always talked about the owners right all the time. Because when you work in the game, you know they're the ones that are calling the shots, but the fans don't know because they don't see them on they don't see them on TV, and that's just the way the owners like it. Because you look at that Winnipeg Jets situation. And they got a rotten culture. I'm sorry. Do you know who is responsible for the culture of any organization, Darren? I'll wait. Answer me. The guy at the top. Bingo. Bingo. Tell him what he's won, Bob. And it's not that I don't like Mark Chipman. I gave him a signed uh, copy of my book. 
Met him at a Humboldt Broncos game. He's best friends with Paul Hill, who was my employer for 23 years. They're best friends. Eh, but nice guys run the Kinsman Club. Does he know what he's doing? You know, when you talk about who's responsible for a culture, it starts at the top. Oh, and I got sidetracked here with my cousin Chris. She just, can I point this out? She says, our grandmother, mine and Rod's, raised award-winning black Angus beef that was always hung for no less than 21 days. The best ever. Uh, I remember walking in to speak to the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association back when, you know, pre-historic times, Moose, before COVID, when we couldn't get together in group. And I said, my grandfather started this association you all are part of. And they're like, what? Started the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Anyways, we've had a couple people write in here about the United States Football League. Ryan H. on YouTube says, will spring football last long enough to see a USFL-XFL merger? Call me crazy, and many do, but I don't think the XFL's got anything to worry about now. Not with The Rock owning them, not with their NFL partnership. It's distasteful to me that people want to poo-poo on spring football like the, like the CFL's got no problems. <laughs> you know? But whatever, you can say what you want. I haven't watched USFL, USFL games because I found them not that accessible to me, or maybe I'm doing other things when the games are on. But I, I don't hear you talking about it, Moose. No, and I haven't been watching, and that's unfortunate. I know, um, but I've seen some of the commentary on social, and I've seen some of the conversation, and, and actually what I've seen is the conversation trending now upwards to a point where people are saying the USFL is actually a really exciting product, and it continues to get better every week. So it's kind of got me thinking, and I've been, you know, as I scroll Twitter and whatnot, I'll, I'll think, I should make a point to check out a game again and see how it is. I've, I've seen it a little yeah. bit here and there, but it just hasn't grabbed my attention. But apparently, the product is getting more and more entertaining. Well, and it's interesting you say that because it's like what's entertaining to one isn't entertaining to another. Like, it depends on what, you know, yeah. like I'm a little... <laughs> Again, died in the wool hockey guy. Part of the reason why I love being in Florida and Calgary so much is I can be me. People like me. And the people that I roll with like to talk hockey 24-7. So it works really nice. Um, yeah. And when I watched hockey in the bubble and there was no crowd, I didn't care that there was no crowd because I'm watching the game. Football's different. I didn't play football. I never played it down. Yeah, I called CFL games for 20 years and I loved it. Believe me, I do. But I'm not that guy. I need a flyover. I need cheerleaders. I need smoke. Yeah. Right? Uh, I love oh, yeah. it. So that's entertainment to me. As a matter of fact, yeah. coach that called me this morning, and you know him, said to me, uh, he's like, Rad, I don't know how much the CFL rule changes are really going to change. And I said, okay, why? Follow me if I can. This is for the football people that will understand. I don't, <laughs> I don't really even understand it. He's like, when they narrowed the hash marks in the NFL in the 70s, he said rushing stats went up by a lot, rushing numbers. And I said, why? 
And he goes, because defensive coaches knew they couldn't overplay the run, something. I'm like, you, lo you lost me. Like, I get that hockey lingo. I get left wing lock. I get the trap. I get why one, two, two for me in hockey. I do. If that coach said that to you, you know what he's talking about? Because I didn't. Yeah, I, I would know what he's talking about. But again, I coached the game. I played the game, right? Yeah. I have a little bit more intimate knowledge with the game like you do with hockey. Yeah, so that's, so to entertainment purposes, this is a coach like all of them, because I've accused him of this and he didn't disagree. I said, you'd be happy if they didn't have a fan in the stands. That's what you don't get. This is when we were together. And by the way, we talked like that to each other and we never got mad at each other figure that one out yeah. but i said you have to understand we need to sell some sizzle we need to sell some pop we need to get people going we need to, we need some buzz here you would prefer to you don't care if there's fans or not but you don't understand how you get paid yeah. so back to the entertainment thing you know i watched the opening weekend of usfl games i saw birmingham play new jersey each team scored on their opening drive i'm like to somewhat the naked eye doesn't look any lesser or better than the CFL to me. I'm entertained. Players are clearly very good. They've only been together for three weeks through training camp. This was week one. And we had the defenses weren't that tight, but who really wants them to be? Or maybe you do. Because I can, again, I can be a fan of a one nothing hockey game. I don't, I don't mind a hockey game that's one nothing. But boy, you and I heard those Flames fans belly aching that they paid $700 a ticket for a 2 nothing game with an empty netter. And I'm like, huh? that sounds like a you problem to me. Yeah. So again, to the, to the you know, what's, what's entertaining to you in a football yeah. game versus a hockey game? No, I'm asking. Yeah. To, it, no, and for me, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Like, I am very much, you know, and you know, a thinker and a vision guy and a dreamer and that kind of thing. So I need storylines. I need to be attached. I need to be invested. So, you know, I want to know that this team is favored to win and supposed to win and that team's supposed to lose. And I like seeing the storylines of it. I like the up and downs. Like, you know, I like some scoring. I like some lead changes. I like some drama. It's what I like. I like crowds booing or cheering. I like the emotion of it all. So for me, it all comes comes together. And just because we haven't looked at it in a while, I did pull up, because I know we have teams in the USFL, just for fun. My Michigan Panthers are one and three, third in the north, and your Tampa Bay Bandits are two and two, third in the south. Can you name one player on your team, Michigan? I cannot. I cannot. And they, I the, the running back player on Tampa Bay. That they cut. <laughs> the guy, yeah, I don't remember his name. Well, exactly. the 24-hour world that my brother talks about. We live in a 24-hour world. 24, we're like Dory. Remember Dory in uh, Finding Nemo? Mm -hmm. What was her memory? Six seconds? We're getting yeah. there. <laughs> we're getting there as a society. Wayne Grolo in uh, Victoria, B.C. says, The problem with spring football is that the American football fans aren't interested in anything other than the NFL. Um... Well, have you seen a college stadium lately? Which reminds me, uh, Jeff Kibilis in Winnipeg writes, and he says, I love all football. I'm all in for 365 days a year football. That's Jeff in Winnipeg. And I could, 
say he's a Georgia fan. I know that. And his team won the championship. So he's got a, a lot of reasons to be happy about that. But let's just say in Toronto, you talk to any hockey person from Toronto, they'll tell you that there are Leaf fans in that town, not hockey fans, because nobody goes to the Marley games and nobody goes to the junior games. There are Leaf fans. So see what I'm saying? In Canada, you say you're a hockey fan, but I think you're an NHL fan, by and large. Although I think the crowds are, are getting better for the junior games, but we're in the frickin' second round of the playoffs, I would hope so. And in Estevan, you can't get a ticket, but, I, you know, that's the league final, right? So it's a fun talk, right? It's a fun debate. Oh, for sure. Um, BW in Edmonton says, the best team of defunct spring football, the Arizona Hotshot, in memory of the fall of 19 smoke jumpers lost battling wildfires. I remember that team. That was in the Alliance of American Football. Did they even last a season? Or was it a season and a half, the Alliance? It wasn't long, whatever it was. I can't remember how long it was now, but that just seems like a flash in the pan. They didn't go long enough to even give themselves a chance. But, you know, just back to not knowing who the players were. I'm actually okay with where things are in uh, sports and broadcasting right now. Because, for instance, <laughs> I was watching the Leaf-Tampa game last night. It was on ESPN. I said to Serena, Who's, do you know who these announcers are? She's like, had no, no idea. Like, just about every time you turn on a hockey game, there's somebody calling the game that I have no idea who it is. Every game. Look at the panels in between periods. It's different people. Every game. What it used to be. Ron and Don. And that's why I like what we're doing here is we're on the air every flipping day at the same time, noon Eastern, every day. And people are getting to know us. They feel like they know us and we're sucking them in like heroin. They don't have a chance. So, yeah, you guys keep doing what you're doing and... You know, like I said the other day, I challenged the viewers, name five Rough Riders, and they struggled. The guy goes, I can name five Rough Riders, but I can't name five players on every other team. That's the way it is now. So anyways, and the one thing is, early on when we got going, people said to me, hey, Rod, how come you never take a vacation? I'm like, from what? What would I do? Go to Florida? Talk sports for a couple hours a day? Anyways, Moose, I'll see you in overtime. Sounds good. We're going to preview a very exciting weekend of NLL Conference Final Play next with Steven Stamp from Lacrosse Link. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. RP Show continues. By the way, folks, did you know Taco Time has been around for over 40 years in Canada? Did you know Canadians love local? Go Loco, Eat Local. Taco Time uses fresh ingredients sourced in Canada. Our beef, chicken, cheddar cheese, 
sour cream, and Mexi fries are all made in Canada. Taco Time viewer takeover is coming up in overtime, but I just wanted to get that mention in there as you people in Western Canada are getting close to lunchtime, and those of us out here in the East are thinking about supper. And we're also thinking about the NLL Conference Finals this upcoming weekend. Joining us to talk about it is Stephen Stamp. He's been with us pretty much all season long. It feels like uh, it's gone by fast, Stamper, but it's down to the Conference Finals, Final Four. Does it feel like a fast season to you? It really feels fast. It feels like it picked up momentum. And, uh, you know, then you hit the playoffs and you've got eight teams and boom, one weekend, four of them are gone. So we're down to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, some interesting stories, obviously, with... Uh, San Diego making their first ever, winning their first ever playoff game to make their first conference final or division final. You've got Colorado who beat Calgary after being one in 10 against them, um, you know, in previous games. You've got the Toronto Buffalo rivalry going this weekend. So there's a lot still to happen in the next uh, five, four to six weeks. Well, and let's, you mentioned it. Uh, what did you, it's a winner go home. One, one game showdown in this conference semifinals. And there was some exciting games, uh, a lot of buzz in Calgary, where we were with the Roughnecks uh, home to the Mammoth. But uh, it's like the Mammoth just gear it up come playoff time. Ask me as a Saskatchewan Rush fan. I've seen it. But as far as these rivalries go, again, we'll slow it down and tell the viewers that are new to the NLL. West Conference, San Diego, Colorado. East Conference, Toronto, Buffalo. I got to think from an NLL perspective, those are some pretty good series. They are. I mean, the East has the history of Toronto and Buffalo being two of the iconic franchises. They've been around since uh, Buffalo since the beginning and was winning championships early on, had a perfect season back in the day. The Toronto Rock, who won, you know, five championships in about a seven-year run, and they have been rivals forever. And now, you know, they're the top two teams in the league this year in the standings. You've got Buffalo's Dane Smith almost broke his own record for points. He had 135 points in 18 games this year. Unbelievable. Um, you've got Toronto with a, a game last weekend. They played Halifax, and they were up 9-3 to three at the half. You figure they're kind of home and cooled out. Halifax actually, Halifax actually came back and took a lead in the fourth quarter of that game. They went up 13-12. to 12. Tom Schreiber, who had 47 goals in the regular season, had to get one late to tie it up for them. And then the captain, Challen Rogers, with the overtime winner on an amazing play where a rebound comes off the backboards. He tips it past the guy who's covering him, um, races onto it, breakaway, scores a five-hole goal. So that's a classic rivalry. On the other side, this is only San Diego's third year in the league. So they're playing a Colorado team that does have history, won the 06 championship, uh, goes back ways, but has had their struggles in the playoffs, primarily with Calgary beating them 10 times. But, uh, you know, San Diego with their first playoff win, and they've got some players like, you know, Dane Doby, um, the, the legendary... Uh, um, guy lefty forward, you got Brody Merrill playing for his brother Patrick, the head coach and GM. So there's uh, there's some pretty cool storylines there of the you know the younger team taking getting a chance in the West versus the real legendary teams in the East. Viewer Ryan McCarthy watching in Saratoga, New York, he covers the Albany Firewolves. He says, "Question for Mister Stamp: In your mind, which player should be league MVP? Dane Smith?" Joel Resateritz or another player? I mean, I, I think it'd be hard to argue with Dane Smith. 
Uh, he had 135 points. He took on, when he set the record with 137 points, he scored 72 goals. But this year, he saw all the talent around him. He had seven players around him who wound up, well, six players besides him who scored more than 50 points this year. So he was a facilitator. He set the record with 94 assists. He did what his team needed to finish on top of the standings. So I'd go with him. I mean, Reza Terrence was huge for Albany. I think Ryan Lee in uh, in Colorado was massive, actually breaking the old assist record, but being behind Dane Smith. Um, I think, you know, there's, those are kind of the big guys, but I think it's hard to say Smith shouldn't be the guy. Anything else on the NLL before we move on to your most recent travels? Yeah, I think uh, the the awards will come out. They just announced uh, voting for the awards is happening. So, so that's interesting. And it's uh, the media are back involved voting on those, which uh, hasn't happened for a bit. So it's it's pretty cool to see the uh, the transparency of the league, they put out an announcement today saying, hey, this is how the awards are all working. And sometimes that's kind of been a, more of a behind the scenes thing, which is cool. The other big issue I think is attendance. That's always a challenge in the first week of the playoffs. You saw three games in Calgary, San Diego, and Hamilton for the Toronto Rock between six and 7,000 fans. Buffalo was a whole different beast. They had over 12,000. They were rocking. It's always a challenge the first week to get big crowds out, but I think that'll really pick up this week because it's, you know, the season finishes and then you set the playoff schedule once the last games of the season end. You just don't know. You don't have a lot of time to sell them. So I, I'm looking for things to really ramp up in terms of intensity with the crowds this weekend. And so you were in Europe covering the championships there. Tell me about that. Yeah, I went to Prague. It's my third trip to go over and see the uh, the eBox tournament, the European Box Invitational, which is national teams just coming together to play some games in Radertine, a uh, suburb of, of Prague with this most gorgeous little jewel of a lacrosse rink right in the middle of the town. You've got the hills in the background and all the, the houses around. Um, and then the Alice Robeski Memorial, which was canceled for two years, like so many things. Um, it brings teams in from all over the world. The home team from Routertine, the LCC Custodes, won the championship. Um, they beat the, uh, well, the third place team was Turku Titans from Finland. The second place team uh, was the Glasgow Clydesiders, kind of a Scottish base, but a lot of American and Canadian guys on that team. Uh, the fourth place team you had from Alberta, the Alberta Warriors. There are teams from all over. There's teams from Turkey, Sweden, Finland, um, so Austria, Switzerland, all over the place. It's such a great festival and celebration of the game. And it's just, it's, it's, it did my heart good. They talked about lacrosse being the medicine game. And I know for a lot of us there, getting back together with all those people from around the world, it was just, uh, it was just like nothing else. I got to ask you this. When I saw these young kids playing soccer in the 90s, where I was living on the prairies, soccer wasn't a thing back then. It wasn't in Canada. Look where we are now. It's becoming Canada's national sport. We're the reigning uh, gold medalist in women's soccer. The men are in the World Cup. Do you see that coming with lacrosse? Are the numbers mushrooming? Are you seeing the popularity exploding because there's more kids playing? And it's it, like it's cheaper to play. I think that's why kids got into it. And you know where I was from because it was cheap. Um, what's the future ahead in Canada for lacrosse? I think it's good. I mean, Canada in some ways has struggled a bit with uh, losing to its other sports. 
course, there are, there are challenges, I think, in a lot of centers in Canada, but it's still going pretty well. Where it's really blowing up is around the world. The U.S. in particular, the uh, National Lacrosse League just announced a partnership with USA Lacrosse to promote box across men's and women's. You've got all these teams from around Europe. The, uh, the, world, the European Championship this summer in the men's European box championships that will be held in Hanover, Germany, are going to have more teams than they've, well, they've only had one previous Euros, but it's growing. The world's, the next men's world's, we're looking at maybe up to 30 teams. There will be a women's world lacrosse, box lacrosse championship for the first time in 2024 in conjunction with the men's. So I think it's really taking off in a lot of places. Canada needs to keep up. We're still, I mean, we're still the top cross country in the world obviously we've won every uh, box world championship but uh i think we're facing more challenges and i think we really need to address some governance issues and and just get kids playing the game and let people play and stop stop fighting each other and stepping on each other as we do it gotcha stamper thanks for this appreciate it man enjoy the conference finals thank you it's always great to catch up our lacrosse insider from lacrosse link steven stamp Moose joins us next for overtime. Okay, get it all off your chest. If you want, get it in now. 902-518-3033. The number's on the screen. 902-518-3033. You can tweet us. Join us in the chat. Whatever you want to say. We've got one segment left. Get it off your chest. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Game day in Calgary. Flames and stars tonight. Game five, the series is all knotted up, 2-2. This is Overtime, proudly presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, of course, the UFC. Clark just notified me in my ear that we don't have the moose logged in and rejoining us here for overtime, and that's fine. I can carry seven minutes, I think. I wouldn't want to do twice that long. It's funny, <laughs> Ryan, watching in upstate New York, says, Well, it's Wednesday. And that means it's yard work day in Dodge City. Couple things on that. We're not in Dodge City, but we will be in Dodge City for Memorial Day. And I don't know whether that's Friday or Monday of this week. I don't know. <clears throat> the bracelet says one day at a time. We'll be going back to Dodge City. You'll always know we're in Dodge City when we're by the pool. That is in Dodge City. But we're not in Dodge City today. And by the way, the yard work, here's the thing. The guy comes here Friday. They're doing it on the other side of the hedge today. It ain't us. There's a FedEx building back there and a tanning salon. Wayne in BC writes in and he says, It's been a fun show today with Rod's childhood stories. Mind you, I always enjoy the RP show. How about that? How about that? getting to be more and more stories. I feel like yelling at this guy if he can knock it off, but it's not his fault. They don't really care that we're doing a show here. Clearly. We're down to six minutes to go. Still no moose? Um, 
Well, yes. <laughs> we always have them for overtime. Why would it change today, Moose? Ken Pearson writes in from Nipawa, Manitoba. Do you feel Andrew Brunette is on the hot seat if the Panthers don't beat the Capitals this round? Yes, I absolutely do. And that's without having spoken to anybody in the Panthers organization at all. But very awkward situation going down with the Panthers this year. They didn't want to goodbye to Joel Vell, and he clearly did not sit down either. But an Alcock scandal. So he what Quenville wasn't coming back to this team probably ever. Let me bring the moose in now and get his take on that. So Bruno coaches the Panthers to the best regular season in franchise history. Some great individual seasons. The question, Moose, while you were logging in is from Ken watching in Nipawa, Manitoba on Game Plus TV. He says, Do you feel Andrew Burnett is on the hot seat if the Panthers don't beat the Capitals this round? It's really no different to me than what went on in Winnipeg with Dave Lowry. Nobody's talking about Dave Lowry coming back to coach the Jets next season because he didn't miraculously turn the team around. He's not even a candidate, I don't think. With Brunette here, they go on and do something in these playoffs. He would have a shot. They don't. They'll open up the candidacy. And they probably will anyways, but Brunette's been auditioning all year. I agree. I agree with you completely. I do think that. I think that if uh, if if Florida wins, if they lose, they, there, might, there might be some questions around Andrew Burnett, but he showed me a lot in that last game, even the series in game four, when he you know pulled the goaltender with three minutes to go. That was a really uh, bold move, and it paid off. You know, he put his balls on the table, supported his guys, and they backed him up, and they ended up winning the game in overtime. Now, if they lose in the first round, Obviously, they're going to want to go through and wonder why and can Andrew Burnett coach this team to a Stanley Cup. But right now, he's he's coaching or he's he's coaching for his coaching life. And uh, so far, I think he's okay. He had a great season. They're in a good spot. Look at Washington's won a Stanley Cup. There's a lot of veteran players there. They're a hundred plus point team. It's not like they're a terrible hockey team. So, um, still some work to do though for the for the Panthers. Jay Woodcroft and Edmonton, same thing. Yeah. You know, does does he get brought back by the Oilers next season if they don't get past L.A. in the first round? Ten days ago, Jay Woodcroft was the second coming of Glenn Sather. Okay, now they're no. facing elimination. So this is a day-by-day -day thing. Randy in Winnipeg writes in and he says, another great show, RP crew. Enjoy the game tonight, Rod. Panthers win 5-2. to two. Well... We'll see. I'm just excited to be there. And as you all know, I think people are finally starting to get it, Moose. Started building bridges, laying the foundation, going back to September. I've been around this Panthers team all year. This is a very close team and a very close organization. Nobody wants to say goodbye to Joel Quenville. My God, he won three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks, and he's a good guy. But they, I figured they'd be okay. And they have been okay. But that's not to say that Brunette will be brought back next year. Um, Metal Shingle Guy wrote in, and I apologize, it was like 40 minutes ago, but he says, Will Dupes be in Saskatoon at Riders Camp? I'll let you handle that one, Moose. Uh, not likely. Not likely. Um, I mean, unless I went down as a fan to watch, um, 
no. If we're covering camps, it'll be what we see, you know, trying to cover them all. And uh, um, my attention's in other places. Elsewhere. Rider training camp, not a thing for us. But thanks for asking, Metal Shingle Guy. Um, Ted in Red Deer. Awesome show, Rod. Leaf blowers and all. LOL. I mean, you do what you can do. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. Uh, you want to go down the spiritual road in the, in the final 60 seconds? They say... I'm in. And I was supposed to see uh, my advisor today, but it's going to be now Sunday. But everything that you've gone through in your life is setting you up for now. Personally and professionally. And when I talked about broadcasting that IBF event with my color guy, Ken Lacusta. Remember, and I said that, that that filter caught fire over my head and dripped hot plastic on my hand. I can handle a damn leaf blower. Chris says, thanks for the stories. Enjoyed the show. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, Moose, answer my emails, says Sebastian Garachi. Are you getting his emails? I'm going to check. I'll look. Okay. Sounds like we have a busy day ahead. See you tomorrow, Moose. Later. Jordan wouldn't roll up to a bush party and steal the booze and girls and take off. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.